of God who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Amen. Please sit. You will have noticed, I hope, that our kings have made it to Bethlehem. They spent the last couple of weeks traveling around. They started out in the narthex near the baptismal font and the trees, and they traveled around out there in a different place every week. You may have noticed that they were also sitting, all of them, in sand to remind you of the desert that they came from, and they have left the sand behind now and gotten here to Bethlehem because that is what we celebrate today, the arrival of the kings. Tradition tells us that these 12 days of Christmas are symbolic of the long journey that the kings took from the east, the text says, probably from the northern parts of Africa, each one of them king of their own kingdom, of their own place. Sometimes we call them wise men, sometimes we call them sages. But what the text tells us is, is that they follow a star, that they see the star at its rising. So these are educated men who are interested in the prophecy of this star. And though they themselves aren't Jewish, they undertake this great journey to go and meet the Messiah, who's promised to bring peace to the nations and peace to our hearts, peace to us as individuals. But their journey following the star couldn't have been easy. And that's why it's 12 days from Christmas, to remind us that the journey is long for them. They would have traveled through the desert, over hills, into valleys. There would have been moments when the path ahead of them was very clear and moments when it was not. In the ancient world, it was dangerous to travel like that. And they would have been even more of a target because they were wealthy and traveling with gifts. So they would have been afraid of robbers on the road and other people who might have come in the night to hurt them. They would have needed to be thoughtful about food and water and where they would replenish their supplies. They would have needed to depend on the kindness of strangers. And they would probably have had to be careful about shelter being warm at night. So it was a dangerous, long trip for these three, which is not unlike the journey of our life and the journey of faith. When there are times on the mountaintop and on the hilltop when it feels like God is close and we can see the path ahead, and then there are times when it feels far away and distant and confusing and we find ourselves a little lost. There are people that pop up that sometimes help us and sometimes don't. There are other things that the world encourages us to follow, other than the stars of God, to go running after and chase, things like power and wealth and prestige. And yet, through all of that, the reason we hear this story every year, unlike other stories that we hear every three years, is that this story reminds us that God lights up stars on the horizon to show us the way to help us find Jesus. Sometimes those stars come in the form of visions and dreams. I think sometimes they come to us in the form of people who heal us and love us and help us figure out the next couple of steps. But those stars are important. And I think one of the things this story asks us every year is to pay attention to the signs and the stars and the people in our lives that help us find God that help us draw more near. And we can tell the difference between the things of this world and the things of God, the stars of God, 
by focusing on the end point of the journey. If the star helps us find him and find ourselves in him and find a greater love for neighbor than that clearly is of God, but if it takes us away, if it cuts us down, if it makes us feel less whole and less fulfilled, if it divides us from people we love, then that is not of God. And so the text asks us this morning, I think, what stars God has sent you, and have you followed them? You've noticed, too, I'm sure, in the number of times you've heard this story, that the kings bring gifts. Gifts that are of great value, of course. But more than that, gifts that tell us that the kings know who he is and who he is going to become. With their gold and frankincense and myrrh, they acknowledge that he is king of all, that he is sovereign, that his power is greater than any other. And they acknowledge the kind of life he will live and the kind of death he will die. And so I think the text this morning asks us also to consider the gifts that we give him and the gifts we don't, the ones we keep for ourselves. How is it that we give gifts that recognize who he is and who he will be and what he's done for us? The other really fascinating thing that happens is that when these kings come and kneel before the baby Jesus, something happens to them. Kings at the time, kings in the Bible, kings all the way through the Middle Ages and Renaissance in Europe were anointed, anointed sovereign, anointed king. They were given power by God, is what people believed. And so these kings coming to kneel down before Jesus are in some ways, trading their own authority for a life with him. And as they kneel there, as they see him, as they reach the end of that journey, something happens to them. They are transformed. And we know that's true, because at the end of the story, the text tells us that they go home by a different way. They take a different road. God comes to them and tells them to do something different. And they do. They are transformed by seeing this child who is still just an infant. And still the power of being close to him hits them. And so they go home by a different way. In baptism, you were anointed in the same way as the kings. Anointed to lead. Anointed to love. Anointed to go home by a different way to come to know Jesus and to be so transformed by it that you become part of the story, like the kings did. And the good news about that baptism is that there is nothing you can do to lose that blessing. The good news of that is that as the kings kneel before him and become part of the family, so too do we, anointed, claimed forever, set aside, and there's not a thing that we can do or a place that we can go, no matter who we are or where we come from or what language we grew up speaking or how long we've lived here or how much money we make or what school we get into or don't, no matter what obstacle you think you've created or someone else has created for you, there's not a thing you can do to lose that love, that blessing of God, not a thing. And so like the kings, you 
are called to be part of the story. To follow the star, to lay your gifts at his feet, and to be so transformed by knowing him that you then go and tell the story yourself in the way that you live and the way that you talk and the way that you take care of the people around you. So I ask you this morning about the stars, because God is lining them up on the horizon to show you the different way home. And I ask you about the gifts so that you might think about what God has given you and how you are using them, how you are offering them back and recognizing who Jesus is in your life and in the world by the gifts that you give. And I ask you to consider the past and how you might take a different way home. And to remind you of both of those things, I need some help from our confirmands because we have a little surprise for all of you. Go help, Becky. To remind you of the stars that shine in the night, that long to show you the way home, we have glow-in-the-dark stars for all of you. And to remind you of your anointing and the fact that you are beloved, the fact that you can never lose that and that God longs to show you the way we have crowns for all of you. Thank you, Becky. Thank you, confirmands. And amen.